telling you, y'all sound good. Woo! Mm. It is good to be here. It's good to be here. I mean that. And I want to say before I get started, <sighs> thank you. Thank you. We are in a battle, and it's hard. I'm not going to kid you, but you have been incredible. You're, uh, you're such an incredible church, and we love you. And if we can't tell you individually, just know that we love each of you. And we're grateful for everything you do for us. Every card, every meal, every hug, every hat, <laughs> everything is beautiful. And we thank you. And we're grateful for it. Very grateful for it. And good, it's really good to have my sweet wife here, my little fighter over there. She's still got her eye black on. She's still battling. And I'm proud of her. Hey, I want to go, I want you to go to Acts chapter 2 with me this morning. It's a little different message because I'm going to try to, there's a little vision that I've got to set. Uh, we've, we've started kind of the conversation and announcing and, and kind of setting up uh, kind of the next chapter for us as a church. Uh, as you know, if you've been here for a little while, if you're new, I'll just share with you. We started over there in that little church. Well, really, we started in that picture right there, if you want to be honest. Uh, I wasn't here then. I'm not that old. Um, but, but we started over there, uh, and when I came, there were just a handful of people, and we've grown and grown and grown, and we've, somebody said the other day to me at a restaurant, Are y'all, do y'all always do construction? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, So we are in a place where we need to build again, okay? Um, That old church where we started, if you don't know, is below sea level. Well, it's not really below sea level, but it's really low, okay? And so we cannot build on that slab. We can't do anything there uh, because uh, we just drowned it if we do. Okay, uh, it's lower than the parking lot, which is never healthy. Okay, so, um, so it's got to come down. It's going to come down about the middle of November is the scheduled date for that. That changes a lot of what we do around here because um, that's where our adult life groups meet right now at 9 o'clock. Now, the reason it's, got, it's coming down, it's going to house, it's one building that houses two different, two different places. Number one, it's nursery uh, it's going to be the back half. The front half will be offices, okay? Um, the nursery, if you've been back there, and some of you have, we've had on several occasions this fall 60 in the nursery. That's a lot in the nursery, okay? If, you, if you're bored in worship and you need something to do, we can give you something to do, okay? 60 in the nursery is a lot. It's maxing out that space tremendously and taxing our people. So we've got to address our nursery need. Our offices are in bad, bad shape. We need, need help there. We store boxes that come in in the bathtub, okay? That's not exactly what you want to do, but you could go over there right now and say, I want to see. We'll take you to the bathroom, and in the tub will be boxes. Oriental, Oriental, Oriental Trading is a popular box in that bathtub, okay? Uh, and that's the truth. And VBS is really ugly because it's all the way to the ceiling. So um, we need some offices. We have six people in that house and three in the other places. So our offices are in bad shape. So that's got to come down. 
and coming up in his place is one big building that houses two things, nursery in the back uh, with a brand new playground behind it and offices in the front. So what that does is it changes who we are uh, as far as the nine o'clock hour, okay? We will, we will no longer be able to service our adult life groups in that building anymore, okay? Um, the only life group, adult life group that will continue to meet at nine o'clock on the property will be Dave Oliver's class. He will take the youth building at nine o'clock, okay? And the reason is he has most of the people, if not all of them, have no child, no children. They don't have little guys, okay? Uh, so we made a decision as a staff, and we've been talking about this for months, okay? If you do not have a building for adult life groups, it's going to be very difficult to continue to service preschool children and youth. Many of us will not bring our children at 9 o'clock, drop them off, tour a bushland for an hour, and come back to worship. What, what are you going to do? I mean, we have four trees, and once you see them all, that's pretty much it, Okay? <laughs> I mean, it just is not romantic anymore. I don't care how good the coffee is. You have nothing to do. And so we know that we can't do that. So we've got to change the way we do church, uh, little church, small group stuff. And so that's what I'm going to share with you today is, is a little bit about that. So let, let me take you to a scripture, uh, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to be reading verse 42, beginning in verse 42. You're very familiar with this. Now, before I begin here, I want you to realize the first, first couple of verses that precede uh, 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 42. There is 3,000 people who have just been saved. 3,000. Okay? 3,000. Now, I want you to watch what happens in 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship into the fellowship, into the breaking of bread, into prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wondrous and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions, goods, they gave to anyone that had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad, sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. 3,000 people have just been saved. Okay? That's absolutely incredible. And what they start doing is they start having church in homes. They start meeting together and having church. And we are at a point in our life as a church where our DNA looks a little different. Our DNA right now is beautiful, okay? We, 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 we worship, we preach the word, we pray. We have an enormous fellowship. We have enormous warmth in this worship center. And we have the presence of God that fills this place every single week. You felt it in worship. It's beautiful. People walk in for the very first time, and before we ever start worship, many of their comments are, this place feels incredible. There's a presence in this place. We know that. We love that. And so our DNA doesn't change. I, what I'm saying to you is our DNA is just going to be relocated. That makes sense to you? 
We still have the same DNA for the worship center, okay, in the worship services. But our, but our little small groups, our life groups are going to change. They're going to be off campus. They've got to be off campus, okay? We will still service during the 1030 hour. Preschool will still have its place, okay? Uh, children's church or, or, or kids impact will still meet at the same worship time. But our high school kids, our junior high kids and up, are, they change. Or really the preteen up, okay, they change. We have, we're going to establish home groups all over our community. I'm telling you, in West Amarillo, if Vega, Valdora, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's everywhere, okay? Everywhere we can get a group, okay? And, and all of the groups are, are going to be built around this passage, okay, this passage. I want you to look at a couple of key words here. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, okay? Some Bibles, New King James will say the apostles' doctrine, okay? Let me help you with that for a little bit. What that is saying is that they devoted themselves to correct biblical teaching, okay? This is not going to be a small group where the catalog is Cabela, okay? We're not going to have field and stream devotions. This is the word, the word, the word, the word. If it lines up with the biblical belief of the church, it can be taught. Otherwise, it's not welcomed. We're not going to teach a bunch of whacked out weird stuff. Okay, We're going to stay true to the doctrine and the theology of the church and of the Bible. Okay? All, everything that is taught from preteen all the way to 99, all of its material will be run through Michael Carter. Okay, Michael's on my staff. I trust him with my life. Okay, he's going to look at all the material. If he gives you the stamp of approval, go teach it. If he says, hmm, that's some whacked out weird stuff, that's not going to work. All right, we're not going to teach weird stuff because let me say something to you. I've been doing this for 28 years, okay? I know churches that get in trouble with small groups because stuff goes on in those houses and nobody polices that. Nobody knows what's going on because what happens is it gets added to somebody on staff's job description. So let's just take an example. Let's just say you're the education minister. Remember when you had those? And you say, we're going to home groups and you're going to do this now. Well, I'm going to say something to you. If it's added on to somebody's responsibility, they're not going to be able to oversee it all. So Michael doesn't have another responsibility. He's going to oversee our small groups. Everything goes through him. That keeps us solid. If I go to Michael and say, Michael, we've got a group meeting over here in Prairie West, and they're meeting in this home. What's their material this fall? Boom, that's the material. So if we pop in there on any given night, just surprise, say, hey, how are y'all? We're here then they don't freak out because they're teaching some weird stuff. They're teaching what they're supposed to be teaching, okay? I know, I know groups, honestly, I've known them. It gets way out of bounds. I mean, way out of bounds. I'm like, what y'all are doing here is not small group acts too, okay? All right? I'm, I'm telling you, and we don't want that, okay? We're, we're, we're accountable to what goes on in those life groups and those small groups. And so they're, they're, they're very intentional and very guarded about the doctrine and teaching of what goes on in small groups. And I want somebody on our staff overseeing those groups and, and what goes on there, okay? 
the, the way they're structured is simple. Some people have the gift of hospitality. They have the gift of hosting. They, 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 can, they can do it. They can use their home, their barn, their shop, whatever. They can host it. The hosting family is not the teaching family. You can't do both. There's no way, okay? I mean, what, 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 did, what did, I mean, you can't do them. And so you have a host, then you have a teacher, okay? And that's what Michael's going to pick. You've got to find places to host it. Then you've got to find people to teach the small groups. Secondly is fellowship. They devoted themselves to the teaching and to the fellowship. Hey, what we have here is incredible fellowship, okay? We have sweet fellowship, okay? All we're going to do is we're going to take those off campus and find specific locations to do the sweet fellowship that we have as a church. And then when we come back together, we come back together corporately, okay? And we have the same sweet fellowship. I promise you this. There will be people that will come to your house, your barn, your shop, for a small group that will not walk in this place, okay? You've got to change your mindset. See, I grew up a tight little tie-wearing, jacket little, slicky hair over, Baptist little boy, okay? That's how I grew up. Here's what we got before we went to church. You sit up tall, keep your hands to yourself, and you be good. Dude, I'm Dean. I have my hands on my knees. I sit up tall. My daddy slicked my head over. You could not blow wind hard enough on my head to make anything move. I have a picture, man. I slicked over. I was a good little bad. So I thought the only thing that God did happened at church. How many grew up that way? I grew up believing that the only place people got saved, you could pray, you could sing, was at church. I did. I absolutely did. And I did not understand the difference until I went to college. And I saw God do stuff in a, in a thing called Time Out on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock at night. And I was blown away. And then I got in ministry and started small groups with students and saw off-campus stuff. And I saw kids getting saved on Sunday nights in homes and on Monday nights in homes. And Tuesday at lunch at a Bible study on a, on a high school campus. I saw, I saw a cheerleader girl get radically saved Tuesday at lunch at a pizza Room. They ate pizza in this, this music room back there. And this, these girls prayed over her. She received Christ. And I'm telling you, she changed that school, man. She got radically saved. Radically saved. One of the best small groups I've ever seen in my life was a Harley group. Them dudes were great. I promise you, breakfast at 9 a.m., bunch of Harley guys in a shop. And they were there. And I took out them big old pot belly black skillets, and they cooked some mean eggs and some bacon and some sausage and some hash browns and some, some of them biscuits that rise up in those black cookers, and, then, and they served them. And then they cranked those hollies, and, and about 60 of them came to worship. We had to designate a parking spot for the Harleys. And them cats walked in, man. Our hat rack was not a hat rack. It was a helmet rack, all right? It was awesome. And those guys over and over and over and over again on Sunday mornings would come from the back of that church broken, broken by the presence of God and fall right here and give their life to Christ. And I saw it over and over and over again. You tell me that's not church. Boy, and I'll argue all day long on that. That's church. You know what I pictured one time when I went by there? If Jesus, just telling you, 
if Jesus were to walk back up here, I think he'd crank a Harley and pull right in there with them cats, man. You know why? Because they're just flat out real. They're just flat out real. You look who Jesus hung with. Them synagogue people with all their pomp and circumstance, shouting their little prayers on the street corner. And Jesus is looking at them like, well, y'all shut up. Quit doing all that. Quit doing all that. Quit doing all that. He loved real people. And I'm asking you to let God speak to you. Somebody in this place has a house. It's a beautiful living room. And you've always envisioned God gave you this home for something, for something bigger than this. Well, maybe it's for you to birth out of your living room a Bible study. And maybe someday, one day, someone comes in your living room and you don't even really know them. And you get to meet them. And all of a sudden, they, on your floor of that living room, right by your couch, gets out on their knees and they receive Christ. I'm telling you right now, that mortgage payment will pale in comparison to what just took place right there. Because, folks, I'm going to tell you something. As beautiful as our homes are, they're not going with us. They're given to us for a purpose bigger than what we use them for. Okay? Fellowship is sweet. We don't want to just take the fellowship in this house right now. We want to take this fellowship outside these walls. We want to become the church outside these walls all over the place. Okay? I want you to dream with me what that looks like. We're creative. Michael and I have talked a bunch. We don't know what these groups look like. They're going to be different. They're going to meet all over the place. They're going to meet in barns and shops and backyards and homes. They may meet places we don't even know right now. But I want you to be creative and think about where you could have little church. I want you to look at the third one. They not only devoted themselves to the doctrine, biblical teaching, and to fellowship, but also to the breaking of bread. I want you to see something. Breaking of bread. And this could be twofold. I've seen it te- taught both ways. It could mean both things here. I think it means breaking the word of God, honestly. Okay, breaking the word. Okay. But also it could be fellowship and meal. Okay. Breaking bread together that way. But listen to me. You, you, <laughs> I, I've been around enough guys to know that sometimes, man, in a right setting, they'll pull out their Bible, might be on their phone. And they'll get into the word in a way that they've never gotten in it before. And I met a lot of guys that once they get into the word and start breaking that bread up and eating that bread and taste and see that the Lord is good, they can't stop. They can't stop. And I know this. When you change daddy, you change the whole family. When you change mama and daddy, you have set a spiritual tree that you'll never believe what God does with it. I want you to understand that the word of God is the best thing in the whole wide world. And we need to eat on that as much as we can. We need to get into that word. We need to break that bread all over the place. And we're going to break that bread all over the place. We're going to break it in shops and barns and bedrooms and everything. Okay? I want preteen kids jumping into the word with t-shirts and shorts and the Bible on a couch. I want them to dive in. I want the kid that's never come to church at ninth grade kids sitting in a home group with ninth graders getting in the Word in the living room in a safe setting. One of the most impacting small groups I ever saw was a junior-senior girls' home group. 
Woo, man, those girls saw things, man. They, things happened in that group, but just, I'm just telling you, it's incredible. But they got in there and they broke that bread together. And so whatever that looks like for you, I'm asking you to do that. Last thing is this. I don't want to spend a lot of time on all these, but, but prayer. And I don't, I don't mean, I want you to hear what I say. I don't, I, I love prayer. I do, okay? But we're talking small group prayer here. Sometimes people will come to small groups, and we start our small groups with prayer requests. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying there's a place for that. Sometimes if you start with prayer requests, there's always that one person that says, I want to pray for my uncles, wives, cousins, best friend, neighbor. She got ingrown toenail. Now, everybody else is like, Okay, we're supposed to really be serious right now doing prayer. But who? I want to pray for my uncles, wives, best friends, neighbors, toes. He got ingrown toenail. Now, I, l- listen to me. God cares about that toe. Really. He made the toe. But can I tell you that's not the place for that prayer. Okay? That's for your closet. That's for your closet to pray for your uncles, wives, cousins, neighbors, best friends, toe, okay? If you can remember that, okay? Listen to me. There, prayer is not about attention, okay? It's about prayer. Sometimes small groups get dominated by people that always, 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 always have a 30-minute prayer request. You'll run people off if you keep doing that. There's a place for that. Small group's not that. You got a small group of a dozen, 15 people, and you got a person that week going into surgery. You take a chair. You set that chair down. You surround that person. You lay hands on them, and you pray. You pray with a rifle, not a shotgun. Listen, if I'm praying for somebody's ingrown toenail of a cousin I don't know whose wife's best friend's neighbor, I don't know what in the world I'm praying for, okay? Prayer is a powerful, 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 powerful thing. When that prayer is rifled up, I want prayer groups all over this community, all over this city, Amarillo included, where we meet in homes And when we get ready to pray at the end, if there's something that we want to take to the Father, we take it with power. We talked about praying in the Word, praying with power, praying specifically. That's what I'm talking about. So many times we start these home groups and we start meeting and and eating and prayer requests take up the whole hour, hour and a half. And we've never, ever broke bread. If you don't break bread, it's meaningless, my friend. Meaningless. I want you to look at verse 46, and and then we're going to wrap this up. Verse 46 says this. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. We're going to continue to meet, okay, as a corporate body, as a worship. We're going to continue to have church, okay. We're 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 not kicking big worship out, okay, We're just transferring big corporate worship to small home groups. Some of you in here have not quite locked into anything other than worship. I am grateful and thankful that you are locked in at worship. But I'm desperately asking you to ask God 
if he not might want you plugged in to a small group? He said, well, Jeff, <laughs> I'm asking God if he wants me to get into a small group. He already wants me in a small group. You're just setting me up. Well, kind of. I love you. But I want you to ask God if he wants you in a small group, okay? Because some of you are saying, I don't want to get in a small group. I'm more comfortable in corporate worship. I, I love corporate worship. I love what we got. But I'm going to tell you something. There is something about being in a small group and doing life with people. There's something about it. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. My friends, we need each other. There ain't no lone ranger about here, man, okay? You need people. You need to rub together. They'll make you sharper. They'll make you more like Christ. I love the story of Jesus. He's walking along in a crowd. There's a little bitty dude perched up in a tree. Remember him? His name was Zacchaeus. He desperately wanted to touch Jesus and get near him. But he was so little, he didn't think Jesus would ever see him in a crowd. So that rascal got creative, and he crawled up in a tree. And I love what Jesus said to him. Zacchaeus, you come down, because I'm going to where? Your home. <laughs> I, I want to go to your house. I want to go to your house, Zacchaeus. I want you to take me to your house. Zacchaeus. And what did all the religious people around Jesus at that time said? Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, you can't. No, no, no. He's a sinner. You can't go in no sinner's house. He says, Zacchaeus, take me to your house. Take me to your house. Listen to me. There's a bunch of people out there. Bunch. We got great church. <laughs> we push five, six hundred every Sunday. I'm tell you, there's a lot of people out there that are not locked in anywhere. They'll come to your house. They'll come to your shop. They'll come to your barn. They'll come to your backyard. They'll come to your workplace. Man, I used to meet with a bunch of guys at Pack-a-Sack. Still do. We used to meet in that place over there when it was a barbecue place. All right? Listen, I've seen, I've seen men in this church, and they're sitting here this morning, that have given their life at Calico County, given their life in a booth, in a bar, at the, in the bar at, at Logan's, okay? I, I know a guy in here that had given his life to Christ in a hunting lodge. <laughs> Amen. See, that's the God's in the hunting, isn't he? All right? I've seen that, all right? Let me say something to you. Don't shrink church into the building. Church can happen everywhere. Happen everywhere. Where two or three are gathered in my name. I am there. I did a wedding last night. For many of you know, I used, to, I used to be kind of the team pastor or the chaplain of the football team for eight years. You speak to the football boys on Thursday afternoon after practice and pray with them on Friday before kickoff. And I'm coming through the big room, and, this, and, and these two kids that I married, they're, they're in that class of 09 and, and stuff like that. These kids, this kid was an 09 graduate when we went to state. Got beat. <clears throat> Had to add that. Still not over it. Um, but, <laughs> but, but he runs up to me, and he grabs me, and he hugs me. And I hadn't seen him in a long time. And he said, man, it's good to see you, Pastor. I said, it's good to see you. He said, I still miss having church on Thursday afternoons on that football field. And big old tears started running down his cheek. Seven Years ago, 
He remembers that. And I said, I remember it too. That was sweet. I love you. He gave me a hug. Listen to me. Those boys out there, they smell like a locker room. But I was very comfortable walking in the middle of them. And I'm telling you, they gave me free reign, and I had the Bible every Thursday, and we had church right there on that old football field. And it changed some cats' lives, I'm telling you right now. It did. And seven years later, still impacts their life. Seven years later. Because when you have church, you can't wash that off. When you have church, it won't go away. It just sticks, man. It just sticks. And I want this church to understand we're not changing who we are. We're just relocating some DNA. Because I believe there's a whole bunch of people out there that have never come in here and may never come in here and get this DNA. And they need it because it's sweet. I want us to become an Acts 2 church that, oh, yeah, we continue to meet corporately and have church. But we have church all the time. Tuesday morning, Monday nights, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursday mornings, Thursday at lunch, Friday night, Saturday. It doesn't matter what night. It doesn't even matter location. We're just going to have church. And then we're going to continue to come back together and have corporate church. There will be a day, and we may have to go to two services again before we ever go to our new home. At 9 o'clock hour, will be wide open, and we'll just slide it right in there. Okay? But we'll continue to have church all over the place. And this morning, I simply want you to ask yourself two questions. Okay? Do I need, is it time for me to get involved in a small group? Just ask God that. And I want you to ask God this. Are you asking us to host or teach a small group? If I'll... I, if, if God says to you, host it or teach it, see Michael. We're, we're accumulating groups right now. That new welcome center, get, that new foyer gets ready. The, the, the back half back here by the cement wall, we're going to have a map up. There'll be a dot locating every small group this church has. So when a visitor walks in and we get information from them, we can turn around and say, oh, y'all live in Saddleback? Good. There's a small group that meets right there in Saddleback. We'll send you the address because we want you to get involved. We want to target people. Overarching theme of day is what has the Holy Spirit said to me this morning? Is it time to get involved in small groups? We've got one for you. If we don't, we'll make one for you. All right? Or it's time for me to host it. It's time for me to teach it. Okay? I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Ministry team, if you would, I'm going to ask you to stand with me, church. As we get ready for invitation, overarching theme is always, what did the Holy Spirit say to me this morning? And I do want you to ask, God, is it time for me, time for me and my wife to get involved in a small group? Is it time for me to host or teach a small group? Again, church, we're not, we're not changing who we are. We are who we are. Our DNA stays the same. We're just relocating the sweet spirit of this place all over the city. Okay? I want you to partner with us. I want us to pray. This morning, if you're here, 
when God spoke to you, small groups, leading one, getting involved, great. But this week, you're facing something. You need prayer. That's what we do. That's what these couples are up here for. They're not up here to stare at you and watch you worship. They're up here to pray for you. You might want to come this morning. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to come and be a part of the church here. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, Father, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. It's been good to be in your presence. God, as we we kind of go a different route as a church and our DNA gets relocated in different places, I pray you raise up some incredible small groups, leaders, locations, and everything. God, we know the harvest is white out there. We know that. God, we want to be a church that reaches them. This morning, God, I pray during this invitation time that we would respond to whatever the Holy Spirit has said to us. And God, maybe we'll be obedient to that and that alone. For on the other side of obedience is always blessing. So, Father, may we be obedient to what you've said to us today. In Jesus' name.